Hub sessions took place at the 2020 Airport Experience Conference in Denver. We share them with you now, courtesy of Plaza Premium Group, the Hub Session sponsor. This Hub Session features a conversation with Christina Apatow, founder of Fetchy Fox. Welcome to the Airport Experience News Hub Session sponsored by Plaza Premium Group. I am joined by Christina Apatow of Fetchy Fox. You are the founder of Fetchy Fox, are you not? That is correct. Excellent. So thanks for taking time to speak with me. The topic we're going to be talking about today is artificial intelligence and the continued smarting of our world. AI seems to be everywhere and I think it's kind of intimidating in some ways, right? More so from the lack of understanding of it. Definitely. Um, There's a lot of fear associated with it. Is it going to come steal our jobs? Is it going to um, is it going to be making decisions and we lose control? Um, Is there going to be an inherent bias? So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of fears associated with it, but it's also an inevitability. And I would say the fourth industrial revolution for, um, you know, the progress in, in, you know, all of technology's development and really, you know, bringing the future together. Because now that we're dealing with, we have, you know, with IoT and the amount of data that we have um, anywhere, you know, especially in airports where you have so many passengers, um, it's not possible for humans to be physically, you know, screening all of that data personally. And so that's where those are some of the ways that AI then comes into play. So I want you to share a little bit about your background, experience with AI, because uh, we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last few months. Yes, yeah. Right? So, um, and I know you have a pretty rich background in AI. So just give a little bit of an example on that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I studied electrical engineering actually initially at Stanford. And then after that, I joined a conversational AI company called API.ai. And so if you're, you're familiar with Siri, right? Sure. So Siri, you know, you need to kind of use a strict command um, in order to communicate. So I like, you know, play this or, you know, make a note of this. And so it's much more structured. Um, So the conversational AI platform that I was part of was to add flexibility and context around that. And um, so really, when you look at AI, it's really about how we can mimic um, and automate what would otherwise be done by humans. Um, So something, a very simple example of that would be like speech recognition, right? So speech recognition works by understanding an absurd amount of data and being able to recognize and process and match that accordingly. Um, So with conversational AI, um, that's where we were. We, we actually ended up powering the bots revolution, and then ended up selling that company to Google. And so it was a really fun experience, and learned a ton from there. So I guess we need to first probably define what AI is, because I know it gets bandied about as something almost nefarious, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. The way it's kind of like, um, as you mentioned, it's going to take over the world. And, and right. I Are guess the robots going to come kill us? Exactly. <laughs> yes. You have Skynet out there and, and all that funny things. But, you know, I don't want you to make it too elementary but and, and not too jargony, but just explain what it is. And maybe I guess, the, um, is there a distinction between that and machine learning? That's a great question. And actually, AI, I would say, is kind of a marketing catch-all term for machine learning. Okay. And that's okay. really what it all comes down to. And so it's a part of computer science that is looking at, you know, um, large volumes of data and then being able to make meaning out of that. And so whether that's, you know, maximizing outcomes, minimizing inefficiencies um, or other things that, you know, would be very, very difficult for a human to do. That's when, you know, AI and more specifically, it, it really is actually machine learning. We just all throw everything into that same bucket because it sounds nice. Um, is it does it have to be almost uh, I see now with all the commercials with AI, it's almost like, I guess, simplifying it in some way. 
And that's kind of where we need to go with that, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I think the goal of it is to humanize technology, right? Um, so that we can interface with it more effectively and so that it can become a, um, a better contributor in our lives and make our lives easier. So what's the history behind it, really? is It's a serve a function, right? Just like with Siri, hey Siri, can you call so-and-so? Hey Siri, can you, you know, schedule an appointment? Yes. So that's why it's probably almost as straightforward as opposed to being rather humanistic. Yes, so it's, it's really actually quite focused on whatever um, problem it is that it's being applied to. And so, and it's going to be different for every single problem that you're looking at. So when you're looking at, you know, natural language understanding, that's understanding all the different lexicons and variations of how humans can interact with each other and then follow a conversation, right? So that's extremely complicated if you are trying to just, you know, teach that or program that directly in a linear way. So oh, one of the other parts of machine learning is, you know, understanding things in more of a graphical relationship. And uh, so like graph databases rather than linear databases so that you can understand the relationships between things. Um, and then you can enhance recommendations, et cetera, accordingly based on that understanding of that broader audience. So are there, I know you touched upon a couple of things like Siri being one, we have yeah. a love-hate relationship, Siri and I. So. <laughs> Uh, could you just talk about some of the more popular implementations of AI that we maybe not even be aware of at the moment? Um, well, I think, I mean, in the airport space specifically, I think that there's a lot of AI being used, for example, in probably ways that you don't know that it is actually yeah. AI. You know, like things like facial recognition or image processing, those are all, because um, what AI really is, it's taking any large data set and then processing it and finding patterns, right? So, um, kind of just like you would do, you know, and you're recognizing patterns and analyzing any kind of data, but on a much, much broader scale. And so um, when you look at, you know, current implementations, it could be, you know, facial recognition, it could be for privacy screening uh, or, you know, other ways to make uh, operations or logistics more efficient. Those are some of the other ways that are currently um, being used. Uh, if you look at, say, the company Asaya, they are, uh, are using AI to help um, understand things that are going on in the airfield. Um, sorry. Uh, and, and so that's also computer vision is another portion of AI. So when you want to say, um, find for us, like, you know, if you want to be able to find a wheelchair in the airport through a security camera, how are you going to do that? So by having examples, so all the AI and you, any time when you're going to have a system or you want to train something with machine learning, it means that you have to have a lot of data. And what that means is it more specifically is examples. So if you want to identify a wheelchair, that means you have to have a lot of different pictures so of wheelchairs. you're populating right? it first with Yes, yes. So it's very critical, the, the data aspect of it, and that you're actually collecting the right data in the right formats is extremely important so that that can be leveraged to teach a system, right? Um, so does that mean you're looking at every little detail to it's not just um, a ball. It has to be a red ball, a round ball. It's a rubber ball. So if it's, so. yeah, if it's computer vision, then they're looking at it, you know, on that like pixel level of scale. Um, and so that's, you know, even if you look at facial, facial recognition on the phone, right? When you open the phone uh, to unlock it, it's using AI to do that. So it's knowing based on the uh, examples that you've provided it and when you initially, you know, configured the system, that's how it's recognizing you because it's learning that that's what you look like in these different positions and then it's able to match that. So where else could we see versions of it? I'm, I'm looking at maybe some of the stuff that we're not possibly aware of. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that there's going to be a lot of proactive. Well, so when it be 
when AI is going to become really interesting is when it becomes proactive. So right now, it still is um, a scenario where you need to engage with it or you need to prompt something to happen. So when AI is going to be very interesting is when everything is seamlessly happening in the background. So for example, um, you're going to go to the airport, right? Um, if we are, say you're going to be taking Lyft, you know, in the background, in the cloud, they understand, you know, when your flight is departing. And so then rather than you having to go and actually personally go book a Lyft and, and figure out that entire um, process, then it should be proactively engaging saying, oh, hey, based on the, the traffic, we see that your flight is departing at one, the traffic is going to be setting you back. And so this is the this is when we suggest that the Lyft should arrive. Can, can you confirm that now? So where it's actually proactively engaging and actually trying to make it so that's truly frictionless so that you're not having to think about anything at all. Um, does that make sense? No, 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 it's true. It's yeah. true. It's just, I, it almost seems like it is the basis of foundation for many things that we want to see out there, like Absolutely. autonomous vehicles, uh, robotics, yes. uh, even apps, which I know you have a service, uh, Fetchy Fox, you know, right? Is that how... Can you just talk about how you are utilizing it maybe in, in, yeah. in your company? Yeah, um, so we use... Well, actually, a little bit about Fetchy Fox well, we and then talk about how you implement it. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Um, so our company is focused on helping my grandma. <laughs> other grandmas. <laughs> and other grandmas, no. Uh, I started off because of that. So what I found was that after passengers um, that are traveling wheelchairs are, you know, they go through security and then they're currently taken and abandoned um, at the gate holding area or somewhere else and kind of... They have no access to food or retail or anything else that everybody else gets to enjoy, whether that's, you know, an on-demand manicure, you know, uh, food to take with medicine or anything. So what we do is um, we provide the technology infrastructure to facilitate um, that that one-on-one -on -one experience through the comfort concierge so that airports can lead with social responsibility and provide an equitable commerce experience to all passengers. And we find that's really important. And so how we are using AI already is um, one on the recommendation side. So when you think of Amazon, how does Amazon always know exactly what you wanna buy and what you've been thinking about? you're spying on me. <laughs> yes. Same thing with Instagram, right? Like you go there and you're like, it is creepy how they know exactly the kinds of things that I'm likely to impulsively buy, love, right? Instagram knows I love succulents and though my whole I time- I succulents too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, exactly. So we're trying to basically put, you know, something like Amazon in a box and then make that available to airports. But um, the, that phase one is then, you know, using it for recommendation and then also logistics. Um, so optimizing, you know, how operational efficiencies and, and manpower are leveraged, how problems are solved. Um, so it's first to minimize, you know, um, issues and, and mistakes, but then to maximize ultimately the passenger experience and help them have the most personalized experience possible. And the goal is to then take that to a global perspective so that we can understand, well, we know that you like to this restaurant in San Jose, so we can proactively tell you, oh, we're, we actually understand it based on these things that you will also like this when you're in London or this when you're in Thailand and beyond. So it's doing the if this, then that kind of like computational that, gathering of data and I'm really punching that's, above that's my definitely weight. yeah I mean that's I mean you could think of it in that kind of way so given all the characteristics yeah. so you think of yourself as like a cloud of data right and all the different attributes that are assigned to you that make you you 
And so for me, when I see you, you know, I, I have a various, you know, things that I assign and labels that I assign. And so it's similar to that. So everybody has that cloud of data around them. And so then how can we use that to personalize their experience, but then integrate that into all the existing um, infrastructures, workflows and systems to make it so that that is continuous wherever you go. So can we just say, uh, well, I, my next question is really about the pros of AI and yeah. AI. So is it is it safe to say then we can use it as a way, as a means of um, efficiency, reducing friction? Definitely, uh, definitely. Yes, so um, anytime when you want to process data faster, um, smarter, be able to improve efficiency, um, and make decisions faster and more reliably, more consistently, also at scale, um, in a way that's never ever been possible otherwise. And that, I mean, this is just, you know, a possibility now because of computing power and everything. So really the rise, it seems, of AI has kind of coincided with, you say computing power, with the rise of computing power. Absolutely. And data. And data. Well, obviously data. Yeah. But that data is more just like the ingredients you put in. But the yep. two things are like almost accelerated the Definitely. growth of that. Yes, yes. So as computers get stronger, the, I guess the more use, the value of the uses and computation. I would, I would say it's both computing and connectivity, right? Because uh, in order to have data, you have to have connectivity if you're doing that in real time. So, you know, you look at, say, IoT and resource allocation and tracking and that kind of thing, too. Those are all going to be, has to be connected to the cloud. And that's when now we have those massive amounts of data that are being generated that we can actually make meaningful insights from. Can we say there's some negatives to it? I mean, honestly, are, are there Absolutely. some? Absolutely. Okay, so, and they are? Absolutely. So one of the problems um, in AI is that it, there is an inherent bias of who created the system, right? So if you have a person that is creating the system, maybe it's a certain gender or a certain uh, category of person, right? So then those biases can actually also be, um, if you're not thoughtful about it, they can actually be baked into it. Um, if you, and it's kind of also the flip side, so it can help you make decisions faster and more reliably, but also if you make the wrong decision, you're making the wrong decision faster and more reliably, right? Um, so there's always, you have to, that's why it's really important to have um, enough data of course. And then uh, there's a lot of people that are concerned about the job side, right? Of course. Um, and I mean, now we don't have a lot of blacksmiths. <laughs> no, we don't yes. have a lot of people breeding horses and yeah. all of that, right? So with every industrial revolution comes, a, I would say, a shift in jobs. And it's not that it's going to be replacing jobs. It's that we can now enhance what people are capable of in their, in their current roles and empower them to do more. Yeah, it, it's... We're going to veer off creativity. Into, yeah, we're yeah. going to veer into something that's a little off of it, but as uh, yeah. I guess a consequence of that in these advancements, it's people do have the fear of that you are going to lose jobs or replace jobs or right. re maybe even at least redistribute that labor. Yep. But in my view, then that just means you're you, you're going to have to raise the skills floor in some ways. Yes. Okay. Well, and not only that, but there there may be a shift. I mean, and we've already kind of seen the shift in aviation over the last few years, where there's kind of been this renaissance, right? Where it used to be that airports were just landlords. Now they actually realize, okay, this is our customer too, and we're to bring the most value to them and to every stakeholder, we need to understand them and improve their experience, right? The only way to do that, one, is to be understanding them, of course. Um, but it's important to see that there's also that hospitality and uh, more customer experience, more customer service focus that will be injected into this ecosystem so that there are more humans that are interacting with humans. Because if you look at what, what inspires happiness between humans? 
human to human interaction. Mm, yeah. Social, like social media, all these things, they're dividing the world, right? And people, you are hyper connected, but then we're not actually connected. But when you talk to people, that's actually what makes people feel better. We have, you know, things that go on in our biology and our brain that makes us react these way and get endorsements and all that. And so I think that rather than, you know, these people having to do mundane tasks, they can now be used to facilitate delightful experiences and maximize the passenger experience, make that as personalized as possible, acknowledge people and, you know, show them that they're valued, but also because that brings value to every other constituent in the But that's, a, that's the next iteration of that as it becomes more I think that's basically a result of it. Or as a right. result of it. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to something you said where um, one of the downfalls or negatives to the AI is that it can be loaded with uh, the creator's biases. Yeah. If we are the ones that are loading it with our own biases, then how can we ever trust it, honestly? That's why you, I mean, this part of, you know, the scientific method is trying to, you know, look at things in an objective way as possible. So I think part of that comes down to making sure that there is diversity in the teams that are building it. Um, and that both from a gender, you know, and in every other landscape, but, um, ensuring that you know there is uh, oh, oh, at least a variety of you know different people that are both testing and putting data and then you know designing the models and seeing where they're they're coming from um, but I think that as when, when you look at pure data that's how you can make it as objective as possible um, rather than um, you know people's opinions right sure um, and I'm trying to think of a good example of that and I'm not none of them are coming to mind but that's just like something that is that's like a worst case scenario I have not seen it honestly very much um, but it's it's a scenario well, that could approach. exist you want to take the worst case scenario so that exactly. you can prove and dispel the exactly. initiative that you're looking definitely yes this hub session is sponsored by Plaza Premium Group Plaza Premium Group is the pioneer and industry leader in providing premium airport hospitality services, such as lounges, hotels, meet and greet services, and dining in over 160 locations in 45 international airports across the world. The goal, make travel better. Plaza Premium Lounge is an independent lounge that gives travelers a haven away from the hustle and bustle of the airport. Travelers experience comfortable seating, enticing food and beverage, private resting suites, VIP rooms, Wi-Fi, and more. Don't your travelers deserve a home away from home? Sure they do. For more information on how to bring a Plaza Premium Lounge to your airport, visit plazapremiumgroup.com. Plaza Premium Group. We make travel better. So in, in our space in the airports, it's probably common to know where this is uh, ingrained, where AI is ingrained. Like, so what are some of the places that I think you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that, um, as I mentioned, so starting facial recognition, I think is probably one of the promise uh, most prominent ones in biometrics for processing, for efficiency. Um, but then when we look at, you know, how are we going to optimize airline schedules? How do we predict the weather? So it's also the predictive side. So how do we transition from being reactive to predictive and then res and then respond based accord according to that, right? Um, other ways, you know, how can we minimize delays? How can we um, have a better understanding of predicting when, you know, even mechanical failures may happen. So based on historical data, you can actually use that to, you know, 
um, make more intelligent decisions. Maybe you should be changing a certain part earlier. Um, it could be based on for advertising, you know, or, or even if you look at the concessions, okay, understanding the passenger helps us understand what inventory should be selected for the concessions or from the airport, you know, the, the concession and retail blend and what that what is ideal to bring the most value to every constituent. Um, other ways could be, you know, from the ad side, what you're serving, the recommendations, um, maximizing, you know, employees and in, in their productivity, minimizing errors. Um, I, yeah, I, I would say, say anywhere where you can, and we have a process that exists mm -hmm. that may be done manually, but could be um, improved. So basically, it's here to stay, you're saying. I mean, oh, yeah. build, there's, there's no going back yes. from this. It's going to yes. be implemented further. And it, in many um, honestly, I'm always very surprised when I learn about various operational aspects, you know, whether it's below the, the wing or above the wing, that are still happening pen, paper, and spreadsheets. And that's actually detrimental from the operational perspective because especially as we're seeing, you know, travelers, the employments are increasing year over year. That's not going to stop. And so we only have more and more people, more and more data, and then if we're using, if we're relying on pen, paper, and spreadsheets, that means that we don't have historical memory. That means that we are relying on humans to be processing massive amounts of data and they're not going to be able to get, derive the, the, you know, the most meaningful insights from them. And that means that you then therefore can't use that historical to predict the future. And that's one of the most important parts of AI is that it can help you plan for and proactively um, understand what's going to be necessary to, you know, solve all the upcoming problems. Do you see here, um, I was comparing here versus abroad, et cetera, um, I guess generally if, if there's a, a more general acceptance or implementation abroad versus here, or is it pretty much the same across the board? I would have to say my border control experience in the UK is way better. <laughs> oh, has it been? Okay. Is it with all the facial recognition? Yeah. And it just, it's, it's seamless and frictionless. Absolutely. I, w I literally go through border control in three minutes. It's amazing. Through which, through, through, through which airport? Uh, uh, that's through like Edinburgh, Glasgow. Um, I've done it in Gatwick, Heathrow. It's amazing. It's just been a seamless experience. Any, at least some ex seamless experiences that way here? I mean, come on, there's got to be some. Um, I think there was... One, when the kiosks were, I could use it in Atlanta when I was coming back from Brazil and, the, and all the, um, the border control uh, and passport control and everything was, it was faster than most of the other places that I've been, but I would still say that it definitely does lag behind the efficiencies that the uh, UK airports that um, have. One of the other things too is just in like the TSA side, um, mm -hmm. they have very, very efficient processes. And I have seen some airports um, stateside adopting those, uh, but I definitely see a lot of room for growth and opportunity to make that more efficient as well. Perfect. We touched on this a little bit, uh, a little bit already, but can maybe expand upon it. Um, I'm always looking at the dangers of things, because again, if we can eliminate at least a lot of the dangers, and I'm gonna, I personally would be a little more comfortable with it. Yeah. And it seems like AI is like the first domino that's gonna fall, that leads to automation among many things, and we, you know, obviously loss of labor, et cetera. Are there other dangers that you could see beyond that? Like, or are we still going to be... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Can it be outside the airport no, space? definitely talk about it. <laughs> no, that's good. It's, I'm glad you mentioned that because the stuff that's happening on the outside can be eventually uh, built here. We're building, yeah. we're, we're taking um, learned behaviors or common accepted behaviors on the outside and trying to put them in this space, which is so non-traditional. So exactly. Then, so one of my fears that I think is actually ah, a reasonable fear, fear okay. 
<laughs> has to do is surrounding autonomous vehicles. Okay. And um, when you look at, so say uh, China has a social credit system, right? So in the future, um, autonomous vehicles are going to need to choose, in a bad scenario, who to kill. And that's, that's the worst case, right? Okay, that's the worst okay, case. Okay, so there's going to be an upcoming accident. I can see accident. where you're going. This is getting dark, by yes, the way. Yes, right? <laughs> but that's why, that's why this is like my fear. Okay. It's like, okay, so there's, go there's going to be an upcoming accident that's not going to be avoidable. So you're going to be picking between you know, this pedestrian or the driver and maybe somebody else. So how is the autonomous vehicle going to decide who to protect and who to kill? <laughs> And that's, that's, I mean, that's uh, the worst okay. case scenario, right? No, it's life yes. or death. And so, and so then is it, are they protecting the person that's in their car? Are they protecting the highest value person to society? Like those, so those are some of those biases that um, are hard to understand how they will, those decisions will be made. And those decisions that are like in the life or death scenario are the ones that for me are more concerning. Okay, I, <laughs> I was totally derailed by this. People dying and run over by cars and, uh, and AI has become much more nefarious. But so as far as AV, I mean, it is, it's being implemented here. You, you're, in, you're, you're from the Valley, so you know mo much more than I would. But yeah, like, we have I, autonomous I, vehicles everywhere, so everywhere, that's why I'm I, thinking that. Well, I also read about it. You know, I think it's, there's a place in Arizona. Um, there, I think it's four. Or did you see they didn't anticipate somebody not crossing in a crosswalk? Because people don't behave by rules, right? And so then yes. you've trained com computers to follow rules and to abide by how things should be operating. But then humans don't operate logically or rationally all the time. And so recently, um, I don't remember which company it was, but they killed a pedestrian because that person wasn't crossing in the crosswalk. Is it Waymo, I think, or, I think or so. someone that might have yeah. happened yeah. to it? I mean, so I, I think it was the Ford Motor Company that's using, has, I think, invested in AI and because they have uh, investments in, in AV and they're looking at various cities. Like, I know Miami, if anyone's ever driven through Miami, you know it's not exactly the safest place to drive sometimes. And there are a lot of, um, I guess, variables. That's just with the drivers. Right. So, right. so you're saying that, so you're saying then like just with pedestrians and everything else, but that's, that's just part of the learning, the iterative learning. Well, aspect. yeah, it's part, it's part of the learning and how the system is designed. So that's when that human, um, error or selection or priority then comes into play. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't see, you know, cases like that coming up in aviation anytime soon. So I wouldn't yeah. be afraid. I think the biggest concern in aviation is not embracing data and being and using data to maximize um, both the experience and the even the footprint of airports. Because in the future, rather than adding more terminals, it will be more so how can we add more in the cloud, which is, you know, <laughs> cloud AI um, mm -hmm. in, in order to offset, you know, the other limitations that you have from the physical environment. So you're saying we're not exactly going to grow more our physical structures. It's just more the efficient use of our structures. I definitely think so. But yes. how's that, how's that coincide with maybe uh, with hopefully a, a, a growing uh, population and hopefully a growing traveler base? Yes. Uh, you know, coronavirus notwithstanding, but right. you know, just continuing if it's, if our, physical structures are not expanding beyond what well, we have. And yeah, and so if, you're saying AI can at least solve some of that or not. Well, I mean, and it's also the other things that you've been talking about too, you know, when it comes to ghost kitchens or virtual storefronts and other ways that space, we can understand how space can be maximized for the customer rather than for fulfillment, right? So that can be done um, in a different place or, you know, moved to a less precious um, footprint. 
on the airport side, right? Okay. So to optimize the actual space for the passengers themselves. And so if I understand, you know, that both contextually and real time, all those demographics and where, um, you know, the things that they're going to be needing or, you know, have that full 360 degree view, then we can use that to optimize whatever it is that problem that you're trying to solve. So my last question for you, Christina, is, um, you know, looking to the, you, you obviously have studied the airport space <laughs> tremendously, and I'm very impressed by that. But like, I would love for you to kind of look at all the possibilities uh, within airports. Um, maybe not even uh, if their technology is not even existing now, where AI can be impactful. And, and or what, I, let me put it this way. What would you like to see? Oh my God, my dream is to have like there you go. <laughs> you have a cooperative global data ecosystem that sits on top of all airports that can make it so that my personal, my journey can be personalized no matter where I go. Um, and giving, you know, that transparency and insight to all the different stakeholders to make it so that, you know, it is the most personalized experience for me because that's what people care well, about. Give, people, give me an example. You're, you're, you're flying from, you know, San Francisco SFO to, um, you know, Heathrow. Let's say. Yes. So what would that look like as far as your Christina's personalized experience? So because if I'm in a wheelchair or not? Uh, or I'm, I'm not right else, now. So. <laughs> no, no, but, but yeah. No. So, I mean, when you arrive, so depending on your purchase behaviors, but depending on everything that we know about me as a customer, I would like it if I get off my plane, I have my favorite coffee sitting there waiting for me. I take that as a, um, you know, deep plane, go and grab my bag. Maybe it's waiting there. Um, just things that are that they actually are very small things it's like remembering and understanding the things that i like and surfacing that to me because otherwise it's hard for me when i go into a new airport especially if i haven't been there before i have no idea what's around me everything's kind of inconvenient yeah. um and so trying to dis the, dis the discoverability side i think is a big part um inside airports for passengers so it's convenience discoverability and personalization i think are the three biggest and most important things in this landscape. Um, and in order to have that kind of continuous experience, those are the three things that I'm focusing on in how to improve the customer experience end to end. So in your opinion, how far away are we from all of that? Or is it gonna be like in pockets? You might have one of the three, then two of the center? That's a really good question and it's a well, really hard opinion, one so. to answer. Um, in my head, I sure. understand exactly how it would have to happen. I would say turning that in, you know, things move not as quickly <laughs> in, you know, government environments. So um, I think in terms of capabilities, we're there already. We already, um, you know, have the entire infrastructure, APIs, everything that needs to exist in order to do this. I think the difficulty and the challenge is mostly on, you know, um, are airports willing to come together and, um, you know, build a coalition or, you know, cooperatively take on this global experience? Because we are global travelers and every airport is just in their own silo, right? And so they need to, you know, kind of step up and, and understand that and try to kind of spearhead it. Uh, in that, you know, we're putting together, you know, standards for, um, you know, APIs and data sets and, um, and sharing data between airports, because I, I don't look at airports as being competitive. Some of them, you know, are, you know, For regionally, sure. yeah. but truly we're all serving the same passengers and trying to improve their experience and make it the best as it possibly can, uh, be. So 
I, I mean, that would be my goal. That would be my, like my dream is if all the airports can come together, we can put together, you know, sing kumbaya, hold hands, yeah, <laughs> and share everybody. <laughs> share, and, and it's not even sharing people's personal data because obviously that's a problem. We're, we don't want to, you know, have any, yeah, yeah. We don't want to um, have privacy issues. It's more so looking at the aggregates and, and understanding and making decisions based on that. So earlier we had a session on uh, CBD, et cetera, and I kind of pressed uh, Dr. Keith with about creating, uh, is there going to be like one organization or to entity? To rule them all? Yes, one the one reign to rule them all. <laughs> uh, the one organization to kind of like oversee everything and give it the rubber stamp that this is good and, you know, acceptable to use and safe. There's, there has to be something similar to From this, the yeah. AI side? From the AI standpoint, or, or not, or is it kind of just still like the Wild West and People are kind of like, um, you know, iterating. Well, I mean, there's own. there's definitely best practices. Um, I think that, you know, standards Best like practices not always held. GDPR yeah. kind of try to help, yeah, okay. in those things to make sure that, um, you know, nothing nefarious, as you mentioned, it could uh, come out of it. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I really think that we are there in terms of, like, Besides the standards and the cooperation, like if we could just get every airport director in a room and have everybody sign up and then we could actually pretty easily. And but there's there is there does have to be kind of a player that sits on top of all concessions, that sits on top of all passengers, that's working to bring, you know, the airlines in as well um, to make that uh, continuity. And I don't know if that can be an airport organization. I don't know if it needs to be an independent third party player, Um, but I do agree with you that it's kind of the a one ring would be very ideal i still just have a lot of hesitancy in that if it's something that's made by humans that there's still i mean we're not perfect so there's going to be some you know crack so like what kind of could you give me an example of like what what you would outside of you know the life or death scenario with the car that i provided but what other kind of scenario do you think that you would have fear around uh, Skynet from Terminator. I mean, I can watch any movie I want and see it there. I mean, that alone kind of freaks me out. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's great. I guess it's just, uh, it's it almost feels very voyeuristic in some ways. I don't know if AI has anything to do with it. You know, I can go to Amazon, which I am want to do, and all of a sudden it knows, hey, you need that, you know, DVD set of the Golden Girls season three. I'm like, I oh, they did. didn't know that. You know, and, <laughs> I, knew that. And I don't need that, and nor do I need it shared with, uh, you know, everyone in my list. Yes. But it's it, it, it's just odd. Or if it's targeting, ad targeting or anything like that. Now, in some ways, I find that great. I just adopted a dog, so they know I need to subscribe to, you know, Bully Box or something like that. Yep. And, but other times it's like, hey, don't, you It can know, be invasive. Yeah, don't put off that, uh, I, you know, um, your yearly exam. I have a very annoying example. I'm yeah, a 30-year-old woman, and I get, I'm... <laughs> don't have any this- children and so I get you know ads of like oh do you want engagement rings do you want fertil- fertility treatments and I'm like no <laughs> it's very passive <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and so and yeah. so and those things I think more so can have more impact on like mental health sure, rather and, sure. and maybe your wallet because it's it's helping you discover things that are more relevant to you so I think that that might be one of the downsides is that you have to be kind of more mindful of where you are spending because now everything in the world that's relevant to you is easily uh, discovered, right? No, sure. And by the way, I don't need AI to tell me that I need to buy the season three DVD set of Golden Girls. I do that in just one shopping visit at Target, so completely out the way. But anyway, Christina, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Absolutely. uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome.